Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. With USBT. Fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT. WSBTradio.com. The free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets! Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Well, a pleasant good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the program. Not in studio today. Instead, my home away from home this time of the year, the Compton Family Ice Arena on the campus of the University of Notre Dame where tonight the Fighting Irish Hockey Team is back home to take on one of the best teams in the country. It's Notre Dame versus the second-ranked Minnesota Golden Gophers. The Gophers in first place in the Big Ten. They've got an eight-point lead over second place, Penn State. Notre Dame has not won back-to-back games since October. They have alternated loss-win, loss-win for 12 consecutive games. Based on the trend, tonight will be a loss for the Fighting Irish, but maybe Notre Dame can alter that trend, but it's going to be even more difficult tonight. Arguably, Notre Dame's best player, captain and defenseman Nick Lieberman, is out tonight with an injury. He is day-to-day, so there is a chance the Irish might have to beat number 2 Minnesota Friday and Saturday without one of their premier players, Nick Lieberman, so the task gets a little more difficult for the Fighting Irish tonight. So, coming to you from the Compton, we've got one hour of Budweiser's weekday sports beat tonight. Only an hour because of my hockey duties. We'll have CBS Sports Radio coming your way at 6 o'clock right here on WSBT Radio. My hockey pregame on Quality Rock 94.3 FM comes your way at 6.45 tonight. The opening faceoff right around 7.05. Looking forward to a good night of fighting Irish hockey here from the Compton. Well, coming up on the program this evening, the fighting Irish football team picks up a player from the transfer portal, and it is at a position of need going into the 2023 season. We'll tell you about that coming up as one of our three hat-trick topics to get the program started this evening. John Finneran, one of the original co-hosts of Weekday Sports Beat here on WSBT Radio. He's going to join me here in booth at the Compton. He covers the Fighting Irish Hockey Team for the Associated Press and the South Bend Tribune, so we'll talk some hockey with Finn, and then I'll make some picks for the NFL Wild Card Weekend to wrap up the 5 o'clock hour 
here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And one other note, speaking of things happening on our Midwest Family South Bend radio stations tonight for high school basketball fans, we've got the 16th-ranked Mishawaka Cavemen hosting Wawasee in Northern Lakes Conference play. That game at the Cave tonight, they're hoping to get a big crowd to support this 10-2 Mishawaka team as they take on Wawasee. Brian Miller will have the call on our sister station, 96-1 the ton, pregame at 7.05 opening tip. If all goes smoothly in the JV game, right around 7.30. All right, let's get this program started with our hat trick of topics. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. All right, let's start with the news of the day surrounding the Fighting Irish football team. As Notre Dame was able to pick up a player out of the transfer portal and they get the player to help them add a little depth and maybe a starter at the defensive end position. The name of the player is Javante Jean Baptiste. And he played four years for the Ohio State Buckeyes. With this Ohio State team going to the college football playoff this year, Baptiste was a reserve defensive lineman for that team and recorded four sacks this year. I think he's an intriguing player from this standpoint. He is 6'5", 249. And that size of a player, and with his ability, he might be able to help fill the void with Isaiah Foskey going to the National Football League draft. So maybe Baptiste could be the Viper for the Fighting Irish defense this year or in the rotation at that spot. But also with his size, he would have the ability to play on the opposite side of the defensive line at the field defensive end spot. So there is some flexibility with Baptiste. And when you think about that field defensive end spot, Justin Adebiola was the guy this year, so the Irish replacing both spots for the 2023 campaign. You've got Asafa Mensa, Mills, Botello, Aaronsberger, you've got Anye, Howard Cross, Rubio are probably on the interior part of that defensive line, but there's a lot of bodies right now, but the Irish are looking for impact players at the Viper in the field defensive end spot. Maybe, maybe one of those players is the guy they picked up today out of the transfer portal from Ohio State again, Javante Gene Baptiste, if you see any Ohio State games replayed in the coming days or weeks. He wore number eight for Ohio State, so you can pick him out watching a little Ohio State football. Our second topic today centers around the Fighting Irish basketball team. Notre Dame will be at Syracuse tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Now, the Fighting Irish are trying to find any sort of momentum After a rough December and into January, this Irish basketball team is only 9-8 on the season and just 1-5 in the Atlantic Coast Conference. The Irish were able to pick up that first ACC win Tuesday night at the Compton, but it was not easy. Down 7 
with less than 2.30 to play. Notre Dame stormed back to force overtime, and then Nate Lashevsky had a couple of key free throws inside the final 30 seconds. And the Irish were able to get out of Purcell with a 73-72 overtime victory. So the Irish, do they have some momentum? It's hard to say that because the game was not smooth from an execution or play standpoint for Notre Dame. The first half was pretty rough for both sides. Irish didn't play their best in the second half, but closed strong, which is sort of the opposite of what we have seen so far this year with this team failing to close so many times. The Cormac Ryan speech during the timeout with 2.30 to play, maybe that fueled this team to come back from seven down. Whatever the case may be, they got the win, and now a chance to get a victory back. When you look at a conference schedule, you want to hold serve at home, and then you kind of get plus one in a a fake standings when you pick up a road win. You lose a point when you lose a home game. Notre Dame lost to Syracuse back on December 3rd, 62-61. to So the Irish minus one in the series, losing at home, a chance to get back to zero with the road win tomorrow. What I remember about that game at Purcell December 3rd, Jesse Edwards could kind of do whatever he wanted the big guy for Syracuse, tall, athletic, 22 points and 12 rebounds against the Fighting Irish. It was a Syracuse team that was coming off, getting ran over in Champaign by Illinois. They went to South Bend and you know, played an okay game, not great. But Joseph Girardi did not score in their previous game against Illinois. Against the Irish, he woke up for 20 points on 9 of 18 shooting. The Irish lucked out as he was not as good as he normally is from the three-point line going just 2 of 10. So he was 7 of 8 from inside the arc, 2 of 10 from the three-point line. It was a game in which the Irish did not have a great, I would say, rhythm against the Syracuse matchup zone. You know, Syracuse wants you to take threes. They want you to take those three-point shots. They want to keep you out of the paint. And Notre Dame shot 33 times from the three-point line in that previous game against Syracuse, only made 11 for 33%. Altogether, they shot 38% from the field against that matchup zone and only got to the free-throw line five times, making four there. That tells you, without a post game or the ability to drive inside, the Irish were not drawing fouls or getting to the free-throw line, shooting just five in that ballgame. You know, this is one of those games Notre Dame needs to hit 10 or 11 three-point shots to really do some damage against that matchup zone. Dane Goodwin in the first game against Syracuse had 16 points and nine rebounds. Cormac Ryan had 14 points. Now, Van Allen Lubin is supposed to be back for the Irish in this game against Syracuse. He had a good game against the Orange first time. He might be a key part for Notre Dame in this game. The first meeting against Syracuse, the freshman had 10 points and eight rebounds. Nate Lashevsky, that's a guy you'd love to catch fire from the three-point line against this matchup zone. He went one of six, two points in the first meeting. J.J. Starling, only seven points. He was one of six from the three-point line. And points in the paint, we knew was going to be an issue for the Fighting Irish this year. 
without really a shot blocker around the rim. Not a whole lot of physicality inside. Points in the paint back on December 3rd, Syracuse 34 and Notre Dame 18. Syracuse is not the normal Syracuse. They're a beatable basketball team, but the Irish are going to have to play well. And let's see if they can maybe build something here in the middle of January. They've got one win. Again, they should have won at home against Georgia Tech. Now can they steal one at Syracuse? We'll find out tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And our third hat trick topic for tonight. We come back here to the Compton to talk a little fighting Irish hockey. The Parawise is the computer formula that helps the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee decide which at-large teams make the NCAA Tournament. You've got the, the conferences that give out the automatic bids. you got five of those and then 12 at-large, and the Parawise is a formula that gives the committee, I guess, the road to picking those teams. And entering tonight, Notre Dame is 17 in the Parawise, as I've explained for years. You want to be in the top 12 come Selection Sunday to feel like you've got a really good chance to make the NCAA tournament. So the Irish have a lot of work to do. Before I even talk about the pairwise, let me say this. Notre Dame is 10-10-2, and, and they are 5-6-1 in the Big Ten. So this is an average hockey team. They have alternated loss and win 12 consecutive times. So this is a team that personally, having called their games this year, they don't have the feel right now of an NCAA tournament team. They have too many scoring droughts, and that has put the defense and the goaltending in a tough spot, feeling like they have to be perfect in a game. There's a lot of double-digit goal scorers from last year that unfortunately are not close to those totals so far this year. So this is an offense that really needs to get going. They're averaging 2.50 goals per game. Out of 60 teams in college hockey, Notre Dame is tied for 44th. That's just not a tournament resume. Special teams is mediocre for Notre Dame. Out of 60 teams in Division I, Notre Dame's power play is 50th, and their penalty kill is 53rd. So those are some numbers that tell you that they've got to get better coming down the stretch, and they've got a huge opportunity the next two weekends, not just this weekend, but the next two weekends. When you look at that pairwise that I started to talk about, Notre Dame is 17. Well, the opponent they're going to play tonight and tomorrow at home, Minnesota is number one in the pairwise. You beat them with a big enhancement to your resume. Then next weekend... When you go on the road and beat teams, you get even more bonus for those wins. And the Irish next weekend will be at number four, Penn State. So you look at the next four games against number one and number four. You have a chance to make a big-time move in the pairwise if you can go three and one. I mean, three and one changes the complexion of everything. You go one and three, honestly, it's kind of status quo. What I just talked about where this team is right now. They need to get going. And as I mentioned a moment ago, they're going to have to try to beat Minnesota tonight and tomorrow, likely. 
without arguably their best player, captain and defenseman Nick Lieberman is out with an upper body injury. He is day-to-day. So you take out Notre Dame's best player, and the Irish are going to have to really pick up the slack as a unit to get the job done against Minnesota this weekend. And by the way, you talk about margin for air being slim. Minnesota averaging four goals per game. I mentioned Notre Dame's 2.50. Gophers are at four goals per game. They are number three in the country in that category, and their defense is still better than Notre Dame's at 2.45 goals allowed per game. That's tied for 15th. I talked about the mediocrity of the Notre Dame special teams this year after being fantastic last year. Minnesota's power play is 7th. Their penalty kill right now is 33rd. So Minnesota's numbers look pretty doggone good right now, and the national ranking next to their name is awfully good at number Two. Right now the Gophers are 16-6 overall, 10-2 in the Big Ten, an eight-point lead over second place, Penn State. You can hear Notre Dame hockey on the Notre Dame Radio Network. Here in South Bend, it's on Quality Rock 94.3 FM. If you're outside the market, und.com. Odyssey also has Notre Dame hockey, so a couple of different ways to check out the Gophers and the Fighting Irish. Pre-game coverage tonight. At 6.45, opening faceoff is at 7.05. We're going to keep the hockey talk going coming up in a couple of moments as I'm joined by John Finneran from the Associated Press. Again, we're on the air until 6 o'clock tonight with Sportsbeat due to Notre Dame hockey. So we'll have just about, oh, 35 more minutes of conversation. We've got some NFL talk to get to before the top of the hour. But again, recapping our top story today, the Fighting Irish football team picked up from the transfer portal, Ohio State backup defensive end, Javante Jean Baptiste, who had four sacks for the Buckeyes this season. You can read more about Baptiste from my colleagues and partners at Blue and Gold Illustrated. Check out the website, blueandgold.com. Your time is now 25 minutes after 5 o'clock. When we come back, we'll talk a little more hockey and maybe a little more football, too, as Sportsbeat continues on Sports Radio 960. All right, 5.30 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Budweiser's weekday Sportsbeat continues live from Notre Dame's Compton Family Ice Arena, where Notre Dame will challenge number two Minnesota tonight at 7 o'clock, tomorrow night at 6.30, both games on our sister station, Quality Rock, 94.3 FM. Well, John Finneran, original co-host of Sportsbeat, now covers the Fighting Irish hockey team for the Associated Press, South Bend Tribune. He joins me on the phone as he makes his way into the Compton for tonight's game. John, good to talk to you. How are you this evening? I'm doing well, uh, Darren. I'm uh, here at Hickory and Edison, and uh, I just saw two uh, two. Two cars go offside through a red light. <laughs> uh, could be a, a long night here at the Compton if that carries over into tonight's uh. hockey game. Well, John, this has been a, a unique year. That's the way I'm going to put, put it for the Irish hockey team. We are spoiled with great hockey teams around these parts. Jeff Jackson here for 18 years has put together a high-end product, but 
this is just one of those years. It, it feels like, John, everything is really difficult for this team where they make it look hard. They're a 500 team right now record-wise. They've alternated loss and win for 12 consecutive games. They haven't had a winning streak since the middle of October. I, I'm sure we could list 50 things they need to do better to get to the point where they might have a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. Can you offer one or two things that you see watching this Irish hockey team that if they clean up, maybe more wins are coming the way of this Irish hockey team? Well, and I, and I think, I, you know, I, I listened to you uh, a few minutes ago, and I, you, hit on the na- you, you hit the nail on the head. There's nothing wrong that a few goals and shots on goal will um, uh, will help this team, uh, which they haven't been doing. And, um, you know, for them to uh, to make that climb uh, from 17 in pairwise into the uh, up to 12, if that's what it takes them to get into the tournament, they've got to win some games and they've got to score goals. And they haven't been able to do that consistently. Finn, I was mentioning. So, um, go ahead. Well, and again, I mean, they had their, you know, they had that uh, great uh, start the other night against Wisconsin. Got four goals, had a five, five zero lead going into the third period, and then the um, the shorthanded situation. They they give up four uh, uh, power play goals to Wisconsin, uh, the seller uh, team that's in the cellar in the Big Ten. And they, uh, you know, they managed to get out of there with a, a win, six four. But again, they need uh, they need that kind of explosiveness uh, in these last twelve games uh, to get themselves uh, in the hunt. And actually, it's not twelve games because they'll be, you know, they'll have everybody makes the uh, playoffs in the Big Ten. Right. So uh, there's a possibility of three other games. But you know, for them to. To make the tournament, they've got to move up higher than 17. they got to be, you know, yeah. 12, 13, I believe. John, just looking at the offense right now, scoring just 2.50 goals per game. That's in the bottom third in the country, I know, through the years, being around Coach Jackson. he's He always wants to be north of three goals per game, so we're well behind that total. Personally, now, you know, I have to watch the puck calling the play-by-play, but there are times I just don't feel like we win enough puck battles along the boards, and I don't think we get to those greasy, grimy spots around the neck, or the net, excuse me, where you have to take a little pounding to get the puck in scoring range. That's a couple of areas I'd like to see improve. Does that fall into what you're seeing or anything else that could help this offense? Yeah, I think so, and I think it, it, it's what Jeff sees, too. I think, you know, uh, he mentioned that the other day. I mean, you know, Saturday night, they did very well in the gritty areas, okay? But those areas between, uh, you know, the the, uh, the dots to the uh, the back, uh, you know, the back of the over the goal line and mm-hmm. also in front, that little area in there. and And they were very good there the other night. They were moving the puck across. They were getting shots against. After getting outshot Friday night at Wisconsin, they had the advantage on Saturday night in the first two periods. Okay, and so they and they were moving the puck very well and uh, weren't getting shots blocked. And that's what they've got to do. And you know it's going to be very difficult to do that against 
um, uh, these next two weeks because you got two teams. When they went to Minnesota in November, Minnesota outshot them something like 84 to 50 or something like that in the two games. The first night it was really, it was 50 to 22 or something like that. 54 then, 25 you know, to be exact. And, and then, you know, against Penn State, shoot, uh, either <clears throat> you better be shooting the puck when you get off the plane at Penn State because <laughs> Penn State's going to be shooting the puck when, uh, you know, they, they were shooting the puck when they got off the plane here and outshot Notre Dame in both games, including the game that Notre Dame won. Notre Dame got outshot 50-22 to 22 and yeah. managed to win 5-3 to three because they took advantage of things in those gritty areas, okay? So, I mean, that's what's going to happen. And, again, Notre Dame's uh, problem, uh, again, they, they, they brought in two transfer portal centers, okay? They lost uh, uh, Graham Slagger, and they brought in two transfer portal uh, players who, you know, have pretty good history, but have, you know, they're, they're meshing with these guys. And so... You know, it's it's been a uh, work in progress for them, and and um, um, you know, right now that you, you can't afford to have a work in progress when you've got twelve games left. John, the opportunity, as you mentioned, the next couple of weeks against number one in the pairwise Minnesota, number four Penn State, just narrowing it down to this weekend. Great opportunity at home, but you, I get to the arena. And Nick Lieberman, nowhere to be found on the starting lineup. The captain, and, and I think arguably the best player on the team. He is out with an upper body injury. He is day-to-day. What do the Irish lose with Nick Lieberman in a suit tonight? Well, and of course, uh, you know, you lose his ability uh, on the power play. He is a force on the power play. Um, you know, when he has the puck on his stick, there's a lot of things he can do. He doesn't even have to have the puck on his stick. If you remember that goal he scored a couple of series ago, where he uh, kind of he kind of dribbled the the puck up of the ice about <laughs> 25 feet, and the puck didn't even touch the ice. He he was, you know, he was uh, playing with it with his stick, but he he does, he's so good in finding people. Uh, with passes, and his shot is very ac- accurate. And, you know, not having him against uh, the Gophers, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make things a little more testy for Notre Dame. Um, you know, other guys are going to have to step up. Um, and, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough weekend without him. John Finneran, Associated Press, covers the Irish for the South Bend Tribune, joining me on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. You know, Notre Dame hockey is not mainstream sports here in town, although we know it is, Finn, but I think in general it's not anywhere near where football and basketball is, but it has a great following. But I think an under-the-radar storyline for this team that if it was football or basketball, it would be hollered from the top of a mountain, that Notre Dame had the best recruiting class in the country for two years. That group would have come in this season but the three top players in the class decided to go elsewhere. And one of the players we'll see tonight, Logan Cooley, plays for Minnesota. He was the number three overall pick in this summer's draft of the Arizona Coyotes. He's got 11 goals, 16 points, 
16 assists, 27 points, a really good freshman defenseman playing for Michigan was in this class. I guess the point I'm making is Notre Dame has always been able to bring in impact freshmen to help offset a veteran lineup. But you look at this year, John, the freshman class for Minnesota has accumulated 88 points. The freshman class for Notre Dame has put together five total points. So the story could be a lot different. I know we can't worry about if, ands, and buts, but they had an awfully good freshman class coming in. And I think the lack of a little impact from a freshman group probably is hurting this team a little bit. Your thoughts? Well, I think, you know, of course, Cooley is a center. And, again, yep. uh, that's where Notre Dame needs uh, playmakers is at center ice. You know, I was talking with a, an old friend, and um, uh, we were talking about, you know, what a donut line is. A donut line is a, uh, a line without centers, okay? And I can go way, way back to 1973-74 when Notre Dame really thought they had a chance to win a national championship after coming within a game of going there, mm-hmm. okay, to the national championship, the Frozen Four. And Wisconsin went and Notre Dame didn't. But Notre Dame had two great centers on that team, John Noble and Phil Regan, and they got a lot of stuff accomplished in 72-73. But with those guys gone in 73-74, Notre Dame barely made the play- WCHA playoffs the next year. You're only as good as you're – it's like baseball. You're only as good as you are – up the middle, and you need you need good centers on the team. And I'm not criticizing the guys who are playing there now, okay? But again, two of them are transfer portal guys, uh, Chase Primo and uh, Jackson Pearson, and they're you know it's taken them a while to get used to the you know the guys that they're playing with, okay? And now you know you're 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 15 games away from finishing. What, what could be the end of the season, they've got to step up, and they've got to step up quickly. Hmm. Well, Finn, we hope the Irish can turn this thing around because we are so used to Notre Dame teams playing their best hockey in the second half of the year. That's why I'm not giving up, John, because we have seen so many times through the years the Irish kind of stumbling along around the holiday time and then kind of okay in the first part of January, and then Jeff kind of writes the ship and they make a push for the NCAA tournament. I remember one year going into February, they weren't even close to being in the tournament. They got hot and ended up being a number one seed. So I'm not saying the season's going to be over, but I just have a feeling this year's team, it might be a lot to ask for them to go on a really long run just because, John, special teams, it was so good last year. I mean, elite top of the country that's why they were one game away from going to the frozen four but this year john it's been unreal to see how the power play has struggled and the penalty kill i know the first weekend was bad but then to give up four power play goals at wisconsin on saturday that's pretty hard to overcome fortunately the irish were up by five going into that period yeah and and again you're right i mean uh, they gave up uh, what? They gave up eight power play goals the first weekend of the season, and they've been chasing their tail. And this is a team that last year was, after the season was over, was the number one team in the country yeah. uh, against you know killing killing penalties. Okay, and they were you know maybe twenty five to thirty in that range with a power play. You need to have over twenty percent power play uh, conversion. And Notre Dame hasn't had that. 
In fact, but in fact, they've had some long stretches where they've gone like oh for twenty five and stuff like that and struggled. But again, that stuff has to, you know, you got to pick that stuff up. And you know, they've been working on trying to get some of those things done. And you know, uh, you know, all of a sudden, if you get a couple of them, and maybe the maybe the the light will go off and. Uh, with the enthusiasm that you need to play this game, uh, because that's the way it's going to be. But you know, these next two weekends, you know, Notre Dame's going to have to really play well to, you know, to try to uh, to beat the uh, the Gophers and the Nittany Lions. It's it's a uh, it's an important two week two weeks for Notre Dame. I would assume Coach Lefty Smith has a good seat for tonight's game. I would imagine Lefty and uh, a few other people will be watching this game uh, from on high. And uh, and I tell you what, there's not going to be too many seats available in the Compton. You know, you were talking about uh, the following this team has. This team has had sellouts, okay? Uh, and and, and I, I would gather, uh, I would venture to say that they've had more people watching this hockey team than the uh, – the men's basketball teams had, and probably the women's basketball team is at. So you know, I you know I'm a, I guess I'm a little prejudiced that way. Yeah. But, you know, they're they're drawing five thousand, nearly five thousand a game here, the last but, couple of weeks, and they were and the students have been gone. Yeah. So I've, you know, there's a good following here, and it's a lot of it is, you know, credit Je- Jeff Jackson for putting the uh, fannies in the seats here for the job he and his two assistants have done. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wish some of the the coverage around the area matched the intensity of the fans that come out to the Compton, but it is what it is, Finn. We'll just keep yelling from the top of the mountain about this hockey team, and we'll both continue to to talk about this team. But, hey, I want to touch on one more thing really quick. we got about two and a half minutes. You've been around this Notre Dame campus for a long time, an alum. You followed the football team forever. I'd love just to get your general thoughts on uh, Marcus Freeman, first-time head coach, the job you thought he did. When they were 0-2, Finn, it could have went many different ways this season, but it sure seems like the players believed in him and they got things pretty well turned around. Well, the first time I ever talked with Marcus Freeman, uh, and I think I've told you this story, uh, was two springs ago when he was here as defensive coordinator, and they brought him in uh, to talk to the media. Uh, and uh, he was standing by himself. I kind of walked over to him and uh, uh, and started talking with him, uh, uh, which probably shocked uh, some of the people, that the handlers that Notre Dame has here now as compared to what they used to have. Yeah, but, things uh, have changed. So Marcus and I were, talk- Marcus and I were talking, and I said uh, – I said to him, uh, "Welcome to Notre Dame." I said, I, "You know, uh, I um, I went to school here." And he goes, uh, uh, "Who was the coach when you were in school?" And I said to him, looked him in the face, and I said, "The greatest coach God ever put on this planet." <laughs> and he and he looked at me and said, "Era Parsegian." I said, "You get it." Marcus <laughs> gets it about this place. Okay, yeah. I think there's a lot of people who are really. Marcus is getting better at this place, um, and I and I think he's uh, uh, he, he's going to represent Notre Dame the way they want it to be represented. 
And it with the announcements of some of these guys are getting in the transfer portal, uh, I think they're going to be uh, they're going to be fine. He's, you know, he's his his coaching staff looks like it's pretty intact. Uh, I you know I I want to see what he does in week in year two, and um, you know I think they're you know they're made they've made strides uh, in recruiting uh, that that weren't being made under Brian Kelly. And so I think this team is, and this program is in very good hands with Marcus Freeman. Plus, he likes hockey. <laughs> he met with so, the Irish this week, from what I saw on Twitter. So maybe he provided some magical words for this Irish hockey team. Well, that that uh, will that will be. Uh, hopefully, they need some. But he's uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a good he's a good addition to the the athletic program here at Notre Dame. I will say that. Good. I like the sound of that. Very, very good. Well, Finn, we will see you in just a couple of moments here at the Compton, and you'll be covering the game tonight. Hopefully you have a lot of good things to write about. All right, my friend. I'll see you in a few. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. That's John Finneran, original co-host of Sports Beat. I think it went on the air for the first time January 10th, 19. 94. So the anniversary of the show was earlier this week. The late Tom Denon and John hosted this program. December of 98, it came to town. I was their producer, and I learned a lot from sitting around listening to those two guys. That was a lot of fun. All right. It is 548 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett to wrap up the hockey talk. Quality Rock 94.3 FM tonight. Notre Dame and Minnesota 6.45 pregame and 7.05 opening faceoff. I want to send a shout-out to a good friend that I've gotten to know because I call Notre Dame hockey games, and that is Pete Weber, a Notre Dame alum. He used to call Notre Dame hockey on the radio, and he has been the voice of the Nashville Predators since they came into existence, had a medical procedure earlier this week. The Predators were on TNT earlier this week, and they sent a shout-out to Pete, and I'm going to do so as well. Pete, get well. Can't wait to get you back at the ice rink, and we're going to get you here to the Compton to call Irish hockey again sometime soon. NFL wildcard picks coming up next, 549 at WSBT. Final segment for Budweiser's weekday sports feed for this Friday because I have Fighting Irish Hockey duties on our sister station, Quality Rock 94.3 FM. Pre-game coverage comes your way at 6.45. The opening face-off at 7.05 as the Fighting Irish will take on the second-ranked team in the country and the leaders of the Big Ten Conference, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. But for now, let's focus on the NFL playoffs. You can hear playoff action this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT as we bring you Westwood One's coverage. And some of my thoughts for the matchups will start with Saturday at 4.30. The game will be on Fox TV, Seahawks at 49ers. It sounds like the weather could be a little bit on the wet side in this matchup. San Francisco favored by 10 over under total points. At 42, I think San Francisco wins this game in particular with the rain. That means the running games are going to be important. It's tough to run on San Francisco. So I like the 49ers in that matchup. 
tends a lot of points for a repeat divisional matchup, in particular with the weather. I think San Francisco might win this game something like 20-7, to 20-6. So I'll go ahead and cover or lay the 10 points and hope the 49ers cover that. But I like San Francisco to win the game. 8-15 Saturday, NBC, Chargers at Jaguars. Jacksonville blew out the Chargers in L.A. earlier this year. Yet the Chargers are favored by one and a half points against the AFC South champions. Two really good quarterbacks, Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, in this particular matchup. I think the Jaguars at home are going to be able to knock off the Chargers in a tight ball game. So I'll take the Jaguars to win, and we'll take those one and a half points as well. Hopefully we won't need them. Then on Sunday, a triple header, Dolphins at Bills. Buffalo favored by 13 and a half. That's a lot of points. But Skylar Thompson starting from Miami, it's just awfully hard to take a Skylar Thompson quarterback football team. So I hate laying that many points, but I like the Bills to win and cover that number as well. Giants at Vikings. Vikings favored by three. Giants run the football extremely well. The Vikings don't stop it very well. But I'm going to say Minnesota squeaks this one out. Not sure they cover the three, but I think Minnesota barely gets by the Giants in maybe the best game of the weekend. Then on Sunday at 6:15, Ravens at Bengals. Cincinnati favored by 9.5. I think the Ravens cover the 9.5. I'm concerned about the right side of the Bengals' offensive line. They are really dinged up there. And with the Ravens' pass rush, could be a day in which they get a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow. I think the Bengals win, but I would take the Ravens plus the 9.5. And, and then finally, our first ever Monday night playoff game in the wild card round, Cowboys at Buccaneers, Dallas on the road, favored by 2.5 points. Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys. Dak Prescott makes me awfully nervous. I'm going to take Dallas to win and to cover the 2.5 but I would not be shocked if it's something like a 23-20 type game down in Tampa. So that's the wild card round. The Eagles and the Chiefs, the number one seeds in the respective conferences. They've got the weekend off. Everybody else in action this weekend. Again, catch the NFL playoffs right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Budweiser's weekday sports beat brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser. And our good friends at United Beverage, also brought to you by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with two locations to serve you. Their newest location on Lincoln Way in the Twin Branch area. It's now open for carryouts. Barnaby's, the family inn. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. By the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, or new beginnings, have happy endings. And our sports update sponsor, Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Contact Terry Clark in South Bend or Matt Carroll in Mishawaka. Hey, we've got Mishawaka Cayman basketball at home against Wawasee on 96-1 the ton tonight at 7 o'clock. Folks, have a great evening. It is coming up on 6 o'clock at WSBT South Bend. 
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 